Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right. Welcome back to the Run That Down post game show here on the Strickland YouTube channel. If you're listening to this today after the Strickland Podcast Network, I am Sam. I am joined by Jeff, Tyrese, and Schwinn. Nick Swin 101-92. Um, basically, kind of basically securing the the Knicks getting a top six seed. Um barring any insanity um and we know insanity can ensue in this league and with this knicks um franchise but knicks win 101 92 jumping to 44 and 33 um shout out emmanuel quickly and quentin grimes i think that is the best place to start we will get into all the rj barrett's and the julius randall's of it all but let's start positive quentin grimes emmanuel quickly they have both been on a tear recently I mean, quickly has been on a tear for like the greater part of like the last like what forty plus games, securing basically six men of the year. I think at this point, if you haven't already, um, on the Strickland's Twitter page, um, there was a clip from Zach Lowe, who's basically saying like he basically all but wrapped it up. He didn't even need that performance versus Houston, but I mean, all these extra performances are just the nice little icing sprinkles cherry on top. Um, to Emmanuel quickly six man of the year trophy that he will be hoisting in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, him and Quentin Grimes, another great game from both of them. Um, I thought, you know, Grimes, um, just, he looks more confident now. Like he's actually getting to touch the ball a bunch. And I was worried with Jalen Brunson coming back today that, you know, Ooh, is Quentin Grimes going to still touch the ball anymore? Like, is he going to be able to like get up shots? But Hey, he put up 14 shots hit eight of them, um, five of 10 from the three-point three, um, three point line. Um, and, you know, it's great momentum for him, I think, going into the playoffs. You, you really you really want someone like him rolling going into the playoffs because guys like him, they can really make or break a series. Um, Emmanuel quickly, 24 points, four assists, three steals in 32 minutes off the bench. I was saying to um, Jeff and Tyrese before um, we got live, I was like, I think they just brought Jalen Brunson back to, you know, there's all this blabber about um, Emmanuel quickly having too many starting games and he's too good as a starter. So, you know, the Knicks were like, you know what, let's just bring Jalen Brunson back so they can shut up and he can perform off the bench, um, even though he's performed off the bench a million times and played well a million times. But, um, yeah, how do we feel about this game, starting with Quentin Grimes and um, Emmanuel quickly? I'll start with you, Jeff. I, I honestly, I could talk for – the entire show about Emmanuel Quickly's night. Um, Agreed. Just that, that may have been considering the opponent, considering the circumstances, considering everything that was happening around him and around the team in this game, that may have been my favorite game he ever played because I mean, and, and I know this made Schwinn happy because I, I've heard Schwinn rant about it. There's very, there's a lot of frustration when like quickly, is running the show and we're getting better looks and like clearly like there's more it's it's a more egalitarian offense and like especially when a, a other teams go zone quickly is the guy who should have the ball in his hands and to end both halves Tibbs put the ball in his hands it wasn't just the end of the game it wasn't just when Brunson wasn't on the court the end of that first half that was quickly show and he created a good look almost every time um his offense was great. I mean, if you want to nitpick, maybe he leaned a little bit too much to his shot, but he made a couple of amazing passes. And, like, not just passes for the assists. 
he had five plus hockey assists that were like tic-tac-toe. Like I'm going to find Hardenstein who finds Josh Hart cutting. He, he was just absolutely dissecting a top five offense on offense or a top five defense on offense. And honestly, I don't think offense was the best side of the court for him tonight. His defense for the first three quarters, Julius Randall, look, we're going to talk like, please get better, Julius. We need you. His defense was atrocious when he was before he got hurt. And there were three Cody Martin possessions that absolutely stood out in the first quarter. And for the first one, Randall just absolutely ignored Cody Martin, let up a wide open corner three. And the next two, Emmanuel quickly saw, like anticipated Julius Randall ignoring Cody Martin and somehow was in multiple places at once because he fixed Randall's mistake and then recovered and the Heat didn't get a basket either time. His defense, he was absolutely every, everywhere tonight. I just go and re- watch that game and focus on Quigley's defense. It was one of the best defensive performances you'll see from him. Just what a game, what a player. And like, I get that. I get that opposing fan bases aren't going to get it. I get that, you know, you don't get to watch every game. And this is another thing Schwinn talked about. I feel like I shout out a lot, but like he said on the pod, like, oh, imagine if like Tyler Hero put up X stats and like all we saw were the stats. Like would Knicks fans be giving him the benefit of the doubt? We don't get to watch every team. So I'm not going to fault other fan bases for not fully appreciating Emmanuel quickly. But if you're fucking Knicks fan and you're watching this every night and you're watching this 23 year old develop before our eyes, stop turning it into a narrative fest. Stop like comparing to other players. Just appreciate this guy. We got him with the 25th pick in the draft and he's already this good. This was an absolute masterclass. One of my favorite games by him. Just, I could speak on it forever, but I'm going to turn it over to the other guys. Just wonderful. At the very least, don't compare it to Alonzo fucking Trier. Have some goddamn shit about yourself. <laughs> God, fuck. Sorry. Um, yeah, Alonzo Trier. He played basketball for the Knicks once. Um, yeah, I think quickly was. You know, you know the funny thing is, like, what did he shoot? Five of ten from the free throw line tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, six of eleven. Like, six of eleven. Oh, okay, so like. Like he didn't have a perfect game, and nobody on the, the Knicks played. This was a hideous game. They, they actually Sucks probably up. like if you just looked at the starting lineup box score, and then you look at the amount of turnovers they had, you would be like, they had no business winning this fucking game, and it was because Grimes kept them in it early in the game, and then IQ Hart, IQ led the way, but IQ Hart and Hartenstein were fucking awesome in the second quarter, um, and. Like they, they brought us back into the game, and then you got to say at the start of the second half, um, it wasn't great that start that starting lineup. But I actually thought I thought Obi played pretty well. Uh, I thought he connected pieces of the offense that I'll, I'll be quite honest. Like I hope Julius is okay because we absolutely do need him against the Clevelands of the world and other teams. I really do not like him when we play Miami because unless he's on a heater his slow decision-making can be really costly because of like, watch, just watch Obi in the, in the third quarter. I'm not even saying he played some fucking amazing game, but like he just makes quick decisions on the perimeter so that when they trap and they have to recover, they're being made to pay. They're being, the, they gets the ball, the ball gets to the open shooter in the corner. Um, and, you know, then, you know, obviously the bench comes back in and like, yeah, I mean, I thought quickly at the end of the third into the, um, into the fourth quarter was just fucking awesome. And it was like, 
I don't know. I just thought he was tremendous. He had a pass to Hartenstein on the roll when he was dribbling to the corner, which was amazing. Beautiful pass. Uh, then he had that play where he swung it up to Hartenstein at the top of the key and Hartenstein hit Hart on the back cut. I mean, they, there were just so many plays. He had one that that dime was it him that passed to RJ in the corner? Or no, he he kicked it to Grimes at the top of the key, and then Grimes swung it to RJ in the corner. Um, like there was just so much good playmaking from him. And I don't think it's a coincidence. I, I mentioned this on one of our rundowns before, but like I don't think it's a coincidence that since Hart has joined the Knicks, um their assist rate has picked up, especially with that bench group. And even if quickly doesn't have an individual high assist game, him with those two guys, you're just seeing such better ball movement. And a, a game like this against a team like this that plays the defense, that that covers screens, that defends screens the way Miami does, you absolutely need those guys. You need those guys. You need their skill sets. And they were fucking awesome tonight. All three of those guys were great. Quickly was tremendous. And Quentin Grimes was just a fucking monster today. Uh, I don't know what he did. He he must have eaten his Wheaties this morning because that man was fucking flying around the entire game. His defensive effort was tremendous. Um, I I could not say enough positive things about Quentin Grimes. And I think the, the best thing you saw today was when he, they tried hiding for one period of time, they tried hiding Duncan Robinson on him. And he actually took Duncan Robinson off the bounce a couple of times. And once that happened, he drew he drew foul. Right, he got to the mm. free throw line, and once and he and and Spolstra had to he subbed out Duncan Robinson at that point in the game, immediately. Um, like that's remember when we were like, oh my god, Reggie Bullock can't do anything off the dribble. That's what the fuck we were talking about. Like, like Grimes has to be able, and he has to be willing, and the team has to be has to find him, but he has to be able and be willing when he gets the weakest defender on the other team to attack them. And he did that tonight. He was fucking great in the fourth quarter. Uh, his his some of his rebounds in the fourth quarter were were amazing. He hit big threes. He was just so good. Uh, and and again, like I don't care how you want to rank them. You want to say Grimes played better. You want to say Quickly played better. I personally think Quickly did, but it doesn't really matter to me. They were both tremendous. And then Hart and Hartenstein were great. And like again, like I don't really know what the hell Jalen Brunson was doing tonight. Um, he looked really out of sorts and this is the second game in a row where I just have not loved his process while we're playing Miami. Um, but like, he's a really good ISO player. He doesn't handle traps. Well, uh, when teams trap on screen and rolls, I would have loved to just see him not call for screens and just go at Gabe Vincent. Like I would have been fine with that either way. It doesn't matter. Knicks get the win. Um, and I got to say, RJ Barrett, horrible first, I don't know, half two two and a half quarters, whatever it is. Um, but he stepped up when the Knicks absolutely needed him. And I'll say this, actually, I would say horrible offensively. I thought his defense all night was really good. I thought he was locked in defensively. I thought he competed. He had a really good possession early in the game on Butler. I think he might have even blocked him. Um, yep. he, he he played a really good game. He didn't do his stupid, like, I'm going to fall asleep on the glass type of thing. He actually had a, came up with a huge contested rebound um, on, yep. Bam. on uh, Bam. And, and like... He just and he had a huge he had a huge box out too a huge box out where he didn't get the rebound down the stretch that let Josh Hart get the rebound. Yeah, sorry to yep. interrupt. No, no, he, he was, but he was he was awesome, and um, I just wanted to 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 say that because obviously he 
I mean, I've given him a lot of shit recently. Um, Go family says, yeah, and, but apparently, I mean, apparently, I hate him or something. But like, apparently, we all hate him because yeah, we I, 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 do, I, I do, I do, I do want to say about RJ when you see him get Duncan Robinson on an island and he can't get past him. It's at this point, at this point, I think his process and his attitude are the two things we need to be focusing on the most because. He he honestly like he's just physically limited. He just is right now. And he, he's, he's not he's clearly not gonna too, be a, he's too he's too he's need, he needs to lose weight. That's like yeah, he's very, very plot, obvious. He's, plot, he's plotting. It's like he has cinder blocks and issues. Well, they, so when, they zoom in, when they zoom in on him, like running back in, on defense, and they zoom in on him, it like they show his face and it looks like he's trying so hard to run back. And I'm like, you're fucking 22 years old. Like, please don't. Like, don't look like me. Why are you laboring? Yeah, don't look like I do after I have a couple beers and decide to play one more game of basketball. Like, don't do that. That, that that's not how you want to. That's not how you want to look as an NBA player. But like, again, I just want to say, I thought he. I, I I think it says it speaks volumes. Um, you said Tibbs trusted IQ. That's part of it. Brunson deferred to him in the third in the third quarter when he was still on the floor with him. RJ deferred to him the entire fourth quarter. That's not something that RJ has necessarily always done. Um, it says a lot about one, how well he's playing and how how much his teammates trust him. Um, but like that to me, that version of RJ that played the fourth quarter, yeah, it's a nice hobby that he, that he knocked down the threes. It kind of helps you see the whole vision there. But like that guy, that fourth quarter guy, that end of the third, like second half of the third quarter into the fourth quarter, that guy that plays like that, that is willing to make quick decisions off the ball, that isn't you know, obsessed with getting the ball and trying to create like that guy, he's worth that contract and he can help you win a lot of ball games, but like he, he's got to decide. And I mean, he's got to just really come to a realization uh, as at least for this year, like that's who you need to be right now because the 25 point per game, you know, fucking shot creator, dude, like that's not happening this year. I don't think it's going to happen unless he loses weight. So that's an off season thing for him. But he can still help you win ball games if he just accepts that role for right now. It's basically like just be Quentin Grimes, do that. Be the Quent, like be another Quentin Grimes. Um, but he, was, I thought he was really solid. And and, and yeah, and and also nice. like I, I want to just last thing. Like one of my biggest fears every time we've hand we've played Miami just for the last three years, right? Is like I just feel like Spolstra is such a better. He's so much better at adjusting uh, in game and throwing pivots and all this type of shit than Tibbs is. And um, I got to say, I think Tibbs called a hell of a game today. Like, I, I mean, and, and maybe some of that, I will say maybe some of that is he's forced to because Randall's out. So he couldn't close them. So he kind of had to go to this small lineup or whatever. Um, but like he, he didn't bring Brunson. He was going to bring Brunson back in. Brunson was supposed to come in for Grimes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I know he's supposed to come in for Grimes because Grimes shot free throws. And while Brunson was waiting at the scorer's table, and he didn't check in. And then like the, the Knicks got a steal in the next possession down. They scored again. And Spolster called the timeout. And he didn't. And after out of the timeout, obviously he left the same lineup in. He deserves credit credit for that. Like that was a ballsy call. It was a big call. I would I wanted him to leave that lineup in. I was talking about it in our Discord during the game, um, and I was like, 
I understand why you bring Brunson in there. I would have understood it. I wouldn't have killed him for it. But like, I just thought that lineup had clearly figured it out and Miami had no answers. Um, and I thought they took like, they took Miami's will from them in that fourth quarter. I've never seen a Miami team in like, I mean, it's a nine point game. They've had some crazy comebacks. They basically gave up. They gave up. And I have not yeah. seen them do that. I haven't seen them do that against the fucking Knicks in a long time. Um, that was a that was an impressive performance by those, you know, we talked about the players. Tibbs deserves a lot of credit. I thought he called a really good game. I didn't think there was any point in the game where I was watching it and it felt like this is a tactical mismatch that Tibbs has not figured out. Um, when we were struggling, I thought it was mostly individual player errors that had nothing to do with how Tibbs was deploying them. Um, it was just, he, he called a really good game and he deserves credit for that. And obviously, you know, Emmanuel quickly, amazing Grimes, amazing heart Hartenstein, really solid RJ really, it was huge that he turned up honestly down the stretch. I don't mean that facetiously because the Knicks didn't get a lot from a lot of guys tonight. I mean, I thought Mitchell Robinson tonight was embarrassing. I I thought he was pathetic tonight. His third quarter, his third quarter, he looked like he was about to fucking keel over four minutes in. I don't know what the hell was going on with him. That was embarrassing. Uh, there was one play where Jimmy Butler brought it up in transition and Mitch just didn't bother to get back. He just was walking back and Jimmy got a layup out of it. Um, we know we talked about Randall. He struggled the entire night. Brunson was, I don't really know what was going on with him. He just looked like he was totally out of sorts. Um, but that bench group and RJ, they, they brought us home and that was, that was a hell and, and Grimes too, obviously, but that was, that was a hell of a performance. The only thing I might say was like, maybe you could have put, deuce into the rotation once um once randall was out but like that's that's small potatoes to be honest like he he played the right guys and he deserves as much credit for the win as as any of the players do tyrese i just want to say i just want to say schwinn that you you uh you finished my rj thought and i just i don't want anybody watching thinking that i was going into like a criticism of him uh i just don't criticize him no, I agree. It's okay to criticize him. It's just when all, all I said was like, basically, he's out of shape. And I, where I was getting to is that I'm more concerned with the process right now because if he's there in between the ears and he's seeing the game, how not just how I think, but like just how, how Tibbs wants him to play and he's accepting that role, when he comes back next year, and in my opinion, he's going to be in much better physical shape, I'm going to have more confidence that he'll just be a better basketball player from an output perspective. So that's how I'm choosing to watch him. I'm not saying everybody else has to, but that's that's how I'm choosing to watch him currently. And I agree with everything else, Schwinn. Sorry to interrupt you, Sam. Tyrese, thoughts on the game? Uh, first of all, do I win the shirt? No, we're, you're not going to win the shirt. <laughs> I don't think anyone won the shirt. Maybe some people were close, but I think I might have won the shirt. Anyway, um, uh, I thought Emmanuel quickly had a great game. Um, as everybody said beforehand, he is the sixth man of the year. He did it off the bench this game. Stop crying. Um, I Spice has done more for New York basketball than Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. <laughs> that Can't is a team. fact. Yeah. All I'm saying is I Spice will be contributing to a New York Knicks winning a major award. Kevin Durant has not won shit here. Kyrie Irving has not won shit here. Those are the facts. Take them as you may. Um, <clears throat> Clayton Grimes with 25 usage, once again, proving me and Prez's agenda correct. 
Uh, I thought Josh Hart played a really good game. I wish he didn't turn it over as much. He had a real, he had some really bad turnovers in that first half, where it was just like off of his hands, and I was really confused as to why he was making some of the passes he was making. But ultimately speaking, he does what he does, and he stuffed the stat sheet. 13-8-3, two steals, good defense all around, 6-7 from the field. I think he's at like 75, 76 true shooting as a Nick, which is nuts. It's completely unsustainable. But I'm also kind of like, he plays so within himself and he's such a good finisher and like he hits enough threes to where like he can probably end up around like 37, 38% of low volume. And I'm like, oh, how unsustainable is it? Like, is 60, I mean, 60 true shooting is obviously in, like, the wrong possibility, but, like, mid-60s? You could probably talk me into it. Um, we'll see about that. Uh, now for the the Peace Data Resistance. All right, hold on. I got to ask you guys a question. Um, okay. <laughs> is, is T. Ward a good outfielder for the Angels for fantasy purposes? Tyler Ward? Yeah. No. Okay. How about Nick Castellanos? Fuck no. It's deep. This we're, is deep. We're we're, we're late in the draft here. Okay. I know nothing about baseball. I just did this for the fuck of it. Why, I'm just. I'm now just so curious. Why are you in a fantasy baseball league <laughs> where Taylor Ward and Nick Castellanos? By the way, uh, Ward OPS eight thirty three last year and hit twenty three homers. So go with Ward. Okay. All right. That sounds good. Fucking happen. That's a goddamn myth. Okay. Cool. Tyler Ward is out here raking shit. Ugh. I mean, That's look, I had 20 seconds to give advice. That's the best I could do. <laughs> I don't know shit about baseball. I know, I know stuff about baseball stats, but I mean, so. Oh my god! All right. I definitely, like- I definitely couldn't tell you he's better for fantasy. By the way, to Schwinn's point, to bring it back to the Knicks, there were, and to Tyrese's point. Apologies to you, Tyrese. Um, there were three Knicks tonight. Three Knicks who had four assists and led the team. One was Emmanuel Quickly, obviously. One was Quentin Grimes, whose handle, by the way, is that in and out dribble. He pulled on uh, Gabe Vincent, I think, in the first quarter to set up whatever he set up. He, he had an in and out dribble to like set up Hardenstein or Mitch or maybe Mitch. I don't know. It was awesome. And then the third Nick with four assists was Obi Toppin in just 17 minutes, making those swing swing passes that, for the life of I've been on here a million times ranting that Julius Randle doesn't make and Obi Toppin the first time the ball hits his hands and Quinn Grimes is open in the corner, it just it's barely in his hands. It touches his hands for two seconds and he swings the ball to the corner. Um so look, I mean, Obi's way worse at basketball at a lot of things than Julius Randle, but from a pure connector standpoint, when Jalen Brunson's running the show, and if RJ Barrett can get it going as a second option, that one thing Obi Toppin is going to be a positive. Like, I'm not saying – I don't mean this as Julius Randleslander. I'm just saying that if Jalen Brunson can be Jalen Brunson and R.J. Barrett can help as a second option and just be a second option, Obi Toppin will contribute to that starting lineup. And I think that's I, the point. I agree. All right. Agree. Let's talk about an elephant. I didn't even finish it. <laughs> oh, keep going, Tyrese. That's all so right. racist, then. Facts. Wait, what? <laughs> what? And you, to... have to do, and you have to do where I go. What is this? Affirmative action? What are we doing? Oh my man? God. We are not I'm running... going to bed right after this. Can I like this not a, prepare myself? This, this is a family podcast, and you're going to be dressed as such. Bro. Oh, I'm sure this is a family podcast. The shit that we talk about here. <laughs> All right. I'm just going to name out a bunch of names, and you tell me how crazy I get. Um, Joe Harris, 
Boyan Bogdanovich. Terry's is naming all the trade partners. Lonzo Ball. <laughs> Eric Gordon. Terry Rozier. Ooh. Mike Conley. What are we? What are we He's doing? Naming here? RJ Barrett trade partners. Uh, Jordan Poole. Um, Chris Paul, the corpse of Chris Paul. Gordon Hayward. There's something going to start sounding crazy. Um, anyway, back, back to my point. <laughs> back to my point. That first, that fucking first half made me questioning why we live in a capitalist society because R.J. Barrett was the biggest, biggest argument for wealth equality in the United States and in the free world as we know it. Um, like, I was straight up reading the Communist Manifesto after watching that first half because I was like, there's no way he should get paid $107 million if people are homeless. <laughs> <laughs> but that second half, he at least... I was like, all right, you deserve to be a little bag for the night, so I, I can let him live. Um, but I thought the defense was good. I thought the rebounding was especially good, even though they didn't really pop in the box, um, box score. That one um, rebound on band that he had in the third quarter was his best rebound of his career. Like Career? He, Whoa. Co- he's, yeah, it's that bad. I did um, not expect him to get that rebound. Like when, exactly. When he, when he went up for it, I was like, oh, I'm going to be annoyed at R.J. Bear here. And then I was like, wait. Did this dude just did this? I was like, okay, all right, cool, we're good. Yeah, like that was unexpected, but it was a welcome surprise. I will take it. Um, yeah, it was it was really bad. Um, John Collins on the protected second might not be enough anymore, man. I, I don't know. Mike Conley's looking really, really good. Mike Conley off the bench would cook. Um, but yeah, it's where's the uh, no hold on. Where's this energy for Randall tonight? What no, he the last, this last like couple fucking weeks where he's just been like plotting around out there, like careening from crazy. There goes on your there team. goes the elephant that I was gonna like. Address. Like I'm not look. I'm. It sucks that he got hurt, and I. I it especially sucks because we're. And I agree. Ready. He fucking sucked. He it, sucked it, the last couple of weeks. I'll yeah, give but, you that. But like, but like, mum's the word for you. The last couple of weeks for Julius Randle. Mum's the word, but for RJ Barrett, you got a fucking list of these shitty ass contracts that you want to fucking trade him for. Um, like I'm sorry, say what you want Sunset about Lonzo Ball. Yeah, say what <laughs> you want. Say say what you want about RJ Barrett. Um, but that guy tonight, like he got it together in a game and that he, he gave a shit have it together. He gave a shit and and he he did not he played within himself. Throughout the game, even when he was missing shots in the first half, he wasn't forcing up a bunch of bullshit or he wasn't like hijacking possessions. Randall was like what I saw from Randall tonight. Forget the missing shots and whatever. It was very concerning to me. That that was a very concerning performance for me today because we know the stakes of the game were high. We know that there was pressure on this team coming into the game. Obviously, you know, they talked about on the broadcast. It was the biggest game of the year, biggest game. They played in a long time, whatever. Like, for that to be how he turned up in this game is concerning to me. And it's a lot more concerning to me than whatever the fuck is going on with R.J. Barrett, which is mostly to me just that R.J. Barrett's not in particularly shape. great shape. Um, Can't but like, shoot either, but yeah, yeah that's part I think of that's, I think that's, shape. I think that's 100% tied to it. I think that's like... His- but yeah, that goes, but Shwin, you're, you're kind of like bringing up my elephant that I wanted to bring up, um, which is... What Julius Randle are we getting in the playoffs? Are we getting the pumpkin version again? 
or are we getting a more, you know, stable 20 point, 20 plus point per game scorer that is not going to shit himself? Because lately he's been losing his cool at the refs, his teammates, you know, he's shown little effort on defense, zero effort on defense, I will say. Um, offensively, you know, he's up and down a lot more um, often lately. So it's like, what Julius Randle are we going to get in the playoffs? Because as we're winding down the season, you're trying to gain momentum going into the playoffs, not like look like this. So. Um, can I just, I want to say what there's two things I need to mention here. Uh, one completely unrelated to, uh, this since we slander him randomly on this pod, um, drew holiday at 51 points tonight. Uh, yeah, I was going to say like, team this, of the year. that's <laughs> why, that's why I said like tonight, like that's why I said the NBA was like insanely and, drunk tonight. Yeah. Drew, Drew had 51, eight and eight and Giannis had 38, 17 and 12. So, I did that again. Okay, and I want to bring this up because whatever, it doesn't really matter. Someone on our Discord posted this. They were at the game tonight. They were sat sitting next to the Miami Heat shooting coach. And this was what he said. Knicks won't be considered a serious playoff team in the league until Randall decides to play defense. Fans don't realize he isn't playing drop. He just isn't playing defense. Um like I I don't entirely agree with that because I think we've seen Randall play really good defense for stretches this year. I I think we talked about it plenty when he was, you know, that stretch when Mitch was out and Sims was starting. I thought Randall played great defense. But since Mitch has come back, his defense has gone from like, okay, I kind of get you. You can take it a little bit easier to whatever the fuck the last few games have been uh, where he's just back to like last year levels of defense. But um Forget, like the injury is maybe maybe it's a blessing in disguise. Maybe he's gassed. It'll help him fucking rest up or whatever the hell it is. But what I saw tonight was really concerning to me from an effort perspective, from an execution perspective, from a decision making perspective. Um, he just looked totally out of sorts tonight, and I felt bad at the time. Like I, I feel bad now. Obviously, you don't want to see him get hurt, but. My re like my feeling when he got hurt was, I actually don't think this hurts the Knicks too much tonight. Um, I mean, you I, saw defensively, it was better. Like, it was immediately better, miles better. And offensively, they just stopped turning the ball over a fuck ton. And that's not all Julius, obviously, right? Like it's like there were plenty of other turnovers there. But like I, I really there is, there is a connection between like look at how disjointed the offense was when. Randall was on the floor tonight because like they like to force feed him sometimes yeah, and that and like breaks up yeah, the flow it's if force feeding him he's an ISO guy um it, it's part of it but like and and Brunson struggled that a bunch today too and then just watch how they played that second half they didn't even fucking shoot that well they didn't do like they they could have done other things um they, like they could have definitely they left god knows how many points the fucking free throw line like there was a lot of shit they fucked up Ball but like moving, though. they got good shots against Miami's defense throughout that second half, especially once quickly and Hart and Hart came back in and, and both their stretches in the first and the second half, that group, they were getting quality shots consistently. And this is why the last time we played Miami and IQ had a bad shooting game and Tyrese was like, how could you say he played well, that he played poorly. He shot like terrible from the field. And I was like, 
watch the shots they were getting as a team. Like amazing the, Tyrese impersonation, by the way. Uh, that actually sounds nothing like Tyrese, which is insane. Um, but like, <laughs> thank you, I appreciate that. But, <laughs> but like, he, they were getting really good shots when he was on the floor and he was running the offense. And all that happened today, and the only like the reason people are noticing it more today is because one, he played longer, and he played longer because he made more shots because Tibbs trusted him to be in the game. And last, and and I said this at that time, yes, like I was like I didn't think Brunson played a really a very good offensive game, even though the box score looked good because I thought he forced up a lot of bullshit, and that's what happened tonight. Except he was missing shots, and I I just didn't think the Knicks played a good offensive game with Julius or uh, Brunson last game. They were just, they made more shots and today they missed more shots. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh, they played bad. Like I didn't think they played well against Miami the first time, like that game either. And to be quite honest, the game when that, you know, Julius hits that crazy three, right. To win the game. That's another game where it's like, he played well because he was on fire, but his decision-making in that game was questionable, especially down the stretch. He had a turnover, right. That, that I think what was it hero that took it all the way for a layup. And then he nearly turned over before he hit that crazy three. So it's like, there are just times, and especially against Miami, where I really think like, if Tibbs could just bring himself to genuinely like play the best five to close games at least, I don't know if, I don't think Randall would be on the floor on a lot of those against Miami. I want to be very specific. Like when I'm talking about a team like Miami, a team that traps, a team that blitzes, that's a bad matchup for him. Like he doesn't handle that well. And Brunson doesn't handle that well. But what Brunson does do well is this. He let Emmanuel quickly cook tonight. And when quick cooked and Brunson was on the floor with him, they were fine. They were perfect. They were that was they were fucking wonderful. I mean, Brunson at that I mean, that corner three possession to end the first half was like great fast by Josh Hart. That was yeah, that was that was, that was hockey assist. That was one of the hockey assists. Yeah, that, that was an orgasmic possession. That was like a perfect I don't know if you guys remember that Spurs possession they had, like that year they won the championship in 2014. They had a possession against the Thunder. Against the, like, against the Thunder in overtime yeah. of game six. It's like, and it's just like, it's like four passes. There's no hesitation. That possession was like, you, you watch it. Just go back and watch it. Quickly and Hart, they need, they were totally on the same page. They knew exactly how Miami was going to cover the screen, the screen and roll. They knew where the soft spot was and quickly knew he had to get it at Hart. And Hart knew exactly, he knew where he was going with the ball. Did he, I think he might've jumped, like he caught that in the air, I think. He might have thrown that before he even landed. I, I mean, it was such a great play, but it was, I mean, that's the shit you want to see. Um, and and again, like, I just think, I, I feel like Brunson has shown an ability and a willingness, I think, to more readily let quickly handle the rock. And I think he has a better off-ball skill set. He has a very natural off-ball skill set, right? We played with uh, Luca. Yeah, like, shot, yeah, it happens. Yeah, no choice. You, yeah, <laughs> when, when you get to touch the ball three times a game, uh, playing next to Luca, you kind of have to figure it out. But like, Randall is shooting better this year. Obviously, I just don't. He's not a quick decision maker. So like when he's playing off ball, there are times where he wastes an advantage, or he doesn't hit the open man, or he, you know, how many times have we seen him pump fake and then take a more difficult Jab, shot? Right? Yeah. When so he has like, open three. Oh right. my gosh. So it, it's just it, it was an interesting game to me, uh, in the sense of like, again, like you you can like the vision of what I, I just think this team. I guess this is the best way to put it. We'll see what happens in the playoffs, but there's still a part of me that's like, I just don't fully trust Julius until I see it in the playoffs. And when you see a game, I'm right there like, with you, man. Yeah. And when you see a game like tonight and, and it needs to be said the way that Miami defends screen and roll 
lends itself to allowing the personnel that we had available really kind of play to their strengths in that way. But when you see that, it, it does make me still wonder, like, is there a different version of this team without Julius that has more ball movement, that has more player movement, that maybe has a higher ceiling, which is crazy to say because of how good Julius has been this year. Like, I, I don't mean this to even take away from his season. It's just something that's always in the back of my head. Like, is that like is that something that changes the dynamic of the team, but maybe that is actually the best version of it? I don't know. It's just an interesting thing that you can only see on a night like tonight um, because Julius got hurt. I, I want to be clear, though, again, I do hope Julius is back because I don't think we are beating a team like Cleveland in the playoffs uh, without Julius, obviously, um, at all. Like, we we definitely need him for that specific matchup, if, if nothing else. And obviously, we need him in general just because he's been so good this year. By the way, Schwinn, uh, Stacy asked for it on y'all's pod. He asked for some flashy quickly passes and that jump pass. First of all, the jump pass he made to Hardenstein, but also a more normal flashy pass that I think isn't more in the spirit of what Stacy was asking for. Uh, him reading in the pick and roll, him finding Grimes on the un- unoccupied in the corner where he made that jump pass and manipulated the the defender in the air and got and passed Grimes open. I think that's pretty much exactly what Stacy was talking about on y'all's pod. Yeah, that was a, that was a that was an amazing amazing mm-hmm. play. Um, yeah. All right, <clears throat> let's get into the ad read before we get into comments. <clears throat> All right. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back. Download the app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum agent eligibility supply. See show notes or show description for details. Shout out to Clyde. It was his birthday today and the Knicks actually got a win and did not embarrass him. So there's that. Dude, can I just say Ed Cohen tonight in the first half? That guy had no fucking idea what was going on. Like Mitch <laughs> threw the ball out of bounds. Mitch threw the ball out of bounds, and he was like, "Oh, the, looks like it's Nick's ball." And I'm like, "What?" And then there was one where he was like, he was he kept going on like, "Oh, quickly's going to the line." I'm like, "They're standing on the fucking baseline, <laughs> like clearly telling the Knicks to inbound the ball." Like he had he had like three or four plays where I'm just like, "Are you fucking? Are you on crack? Like is that?" Is that he had a he had a few couple you know shots of vodka before the the game tonight. It, it, it might have been more than a few, and then and he, his voice was cracking a bit. I mean, I actually like him, but that first half he was just like, I was like, are you? I think he was just more, like really nervous. It was Clyde's yeah, birthday. Are you more clueless than than Clyde is right now? Like, <laughs> pretty wild. Uh, that I just needed to say that because I was like that Mitch one. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Mitch literally dove on the ground and then freaked out and just threw it out of bounds. I'm like. He's like, oh, it looks like it's Nick's ball. I'm like, what? No, it's not. Dude. I'm surprised Clyde was composed for this broadcast because it was his birthday, and I expected it to come off on or come on broadcast with like half a bottle of yak <laughs> and just start talking about the old days. 
we all love Clyton. Dude, down the stretch, he kept criticizing the Knicks offense, and I had no idea what he was talking about. He kept because saying the Knicks they were run more clock. And he, I they, was like, they did? Like, I was like, they yeah, are? They, they were. They were trying to. <laughs> and they got good looks every possession. It was literally the two things he always talks about. He's like, okay, they need to be more patient. They need to. And like, I guess he wanted them to pass the ball more, but quickly. He, give, just, he, he kept criticizing IQ. He was like, IQ needs to, you know, like, he needs to stop meandering with the ball or whatever he said. Bouncing the ball in the perimeter. Look, he was just yeah. like, he's dribbling the ball. He needs to move it. I'm pass like, it. What the fuck are you talking about right now? Like, he's not going to pass the ball. 15 seconds left and there's like 140 left in the game. He's going to fucking milk it. And then they'll run something with like seven or eight seconds left. Actually, I will say this though. There was one and you could watch it again. I don't know if the Knicks scored on the possession. There was one play where uh, quickly definitely did not get the ball across with eight seconds left. It was like, <laughs> he did. <laughs> yeah, It was very obvious. And Spolstra was fucking losing his mind. He was going Good. bananas. He was, Going absolutely fucking crazy on Tony Brothers. Um, I think that I think the Knicks might have actually gotten a three on that possession. I don't know. It, it was just like, but I remember that possession. And I was like, but in general, I don't I've seen this now so much. Like, I don't mind that's the one time, right? Like, I'm like, yeah, cool, milk the clock. That's that's totally cool. Him and Brunson, like, can you just get the fucking ball over the line? Like, you don't need to walk it up, like you can just dribble it up and then hang out at the top of the key for a little bit, but like they they love to toe the line. Like Brunson had a possession like that in that Orlando game that we came back and won down there. Uh, he had a possession like that late in the game where he like clearly did not get the ball over the line. I, and it's just like I, it was really funny though because quickly definitely didn't get it across the line. And you can just see Spolstra, he was going ballistic. He was so mad, and I loved it because Spolstra, when he's yelling and screaming, he looks so self righteous. And I just was like, you're such a fucking... He just starts looking, he's just like... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He, like, when he gets angry, it almost looks like he's got this smile on his face, but it looks fucking satanic. Um, (laughs) He's a psychopath, so... Yeah, Yeah, it's crazy. Also, Pat Riley uh, can... um, Eat shit and die? Yeah, he can just fucking stop sucking blood like a vampire and go away. Like, just go fucking away, dude. That guy needs to give it up like you you're like the, I, I bet he, he doesn't even know that he's still the gm of the fucking heat <laughs> yeah he probably just like why do i get a check every one this is weird all yeah, right I mean, he must i mean there's no way he has any idea what he's doing the guy fucking gave duncan robinson what five years 90 million or whatever the fuck it was he had like was, eight adjusted players in his, on his in his rotation, dude, and Vic, in the course of Victor Oladipo. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, but let's respect my guy, Gabe Vincent. Good player. Fuck you, Vincent. Jonas Ben Khalifa asked. He was cooking Brunson, and like that's the second again. straight game where he's yep. doing that. Brunson, I'll say this: Brunson was bad, and like I agree with what Schwinn said about like on offense. Sometimes, like he he's sort of his balance was really, really good there for a long time, but he's sort of like, it seems like he's off balance in terms of like creating for others and creating for himself. His defense is a legitimate problem. And I still feel like we have like, we're almost like afraid to talk about it as a fan base because he's like the shiny new toy. And so we just, you have to be excited about it. And like, we all should be excited about it. He's a really good basketball player. That's clearly on a plus contract, but 
they're hunting him in ways that teams haven't hunted him and they're going to keep doing it. And it's a legitimate problem. Uh, it just is. And I'm, I, that's one of my biggest concerns, honestly, about the team. Yep. It, it's definitely an issue. Um, I still do think he's like trying to like play his way back conditioning wise. I just hate the fact that it happened so late in the season and now like you have to basically spend that time playing up, playing yourself back in. I don't like injuries late in the season, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, it just sucks because quickly's on a point guard, so we're really fucked without Brunson. He's just a good fourth guard on the playoff team. Yeah, I like him in his role. Don't, don't we all? Don't we all? Jonas Ben Khalifa asks, was tonight the best Thibs coaching performance this season, considering the stakes slash circumstances? No. What would you say is his best then? Uh, the game we won against Boston in Boston without Mitch. Game? Yeah. The, T- the, the TNT game where RJ hit the three in the corner? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought that was a really, really well. Oh yeah, they came out. I think they what they were up like twenty three to seven early in that game. Yeah, uh, and the Knicks adjusted really well actually to their whole fucking we spam threes offense, um, which destroyed us in the first game, and it looked like it was about to destroy us again. And then, and then Tibbs was like, "Not today." Uh, well, not just Tibbs, obviously, but um, but like I mean, since then we've just owned the Celtics. We can't stop winning. We're just winning so big. We're going to keep winning and winning, and when you're tired of winning, I'm going to say, no, it's not enough winning. Can we you, can keep uh, on winning. Can you see the wall from your house, Tyrese? I can. I can. <laughs> it's majestic. It's huge. Since it's majestic. Oh, man. All right. So much um, Let me see. What else we got here? Vivek. He says Thibs benching Brunson for the entire fourth quarter was gutsy. He wouldn't normally do that. Huge credit to him tonight for adjusting. Do we think that he did it to provide Brunson with some extra type of rest as well? No. Like, no. Okay. No. Tibbs? Tibbs don't give a shit no, about resting, no. guys. <laughs> I swear to God, I appreciate I wouldn't be surprised if Brunson just like saw quickly and I um and Grimes and just like walked back to the bench himself. And Tibbs was like, where are you going? I'm putting you in the game. There was one possession. Tibbs was, Tibbs was hilarious, by the way, at the end of the game. On every single Miami offensive possession, he was begging for like six different offensive fouls. Um, but there was one play, and I couldn't believe they didn't call it because it was so blatant. The one Gabe Vincent hit a corner three, right? And if you watch that play back, like I don't remember if it was Butler or if it was Bam. Somebody is just like holding quickly because quickly was like, trying to fight over the screen. He's like 15 feet away from Vincent when he even catches the ball. I think it was Oladipo. Was it? Okay, I don't remember who it was. Yeah, it was Oladipo. I remember that play, and I'm like, he just tripped him. He just tripped him. Can and you Tibbs, call it? Tibbs was going like, – he, he lost his fucking shit. Like, he – I've never – it's been a while since I saw him that just like – I was like, yeah, again, he, he really might have burned like a quarter of a pound in that game. <laughs> Uh, like he was on it today. He, he, he was he the pot, he would have started jumping. Yeah, he, he was, dude. He was, he was, he really wanted that I, game. I want to watch the fourth quarterback just to watch the coaches because that, that is a prime coach. Re- you'll get some, you'll get some reaction photos out of that one. That, that was peak, peak. Um, Tom Tipper, though. Yeah, also, Adrice played horribly today. Um, 
and so did Gotta love that. Oh, let me talk about this fraud. Okay. Wait, oh, who did? Bam. Adris. Bam. Adris. Uh, His name Sandra is Adris. Man. He's, oh, okay. he's a dress because he all of the shit bam on the fucking court. He just, yeah, I was supposed to be an all-star this year. I'm, I'm the defensive player of the year. year. Ugh, I, I should have been defensive player of the year. You, you need to defend these nuts, okay? Because you are a sad waste of space for a max contract player. Like, are you kidding me? Four of ten. You shot four of ten. Isaiah Hartenstein's on you, bro. Isaiah Hartenstein looks like he should be a fucking elf. Like, what are we doing here? Dude, Hartenstein, this is the second game in a row, I thought, like, or second or third, whatever. It's probably been the last, honestly, every game this season we played Miami. Hardenstein is like, he might be the BAM stopper. Like, he does. He took Bamante's soul. He, he, like, even that, because the first game we beat them at the Garden, I know BAM went off in that game. But if you watch the shots he was making in the fourth quarter, I mean, Hardenstein's like, he is, he's right there with him the entire way. He just made a bunch of tough shots. Like, Hardenstein, he looks really fucking quick right now. There were a couple of possessions where he got switched out onto Hero. Hero thought it was it was going to be real easy and then he was like, "Wait, why are you still right here with me? Like you're not like what's happening?" Um Hartenstein played really really fucking well. My son caught a lob. I never knew he could even catch lobs. And and it was nice, but it was nice that he still managed to do one extremely, extremely dumb thing and missed that layup in the fourth quarter somehow. Oh, my God. It was such a good play by Grimes. He <laughs> has to balance it out. He has to balance it out. He can't, you can't, like, play straight good games. I was watching my dad, and my dad was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, the figure roll. Oh, my God. Dude, you're seven foot tall. Just dunk it's, it. No, the, it's, it's because he went up with his left. He needed to go God. with his right there. You dork. Oh. Dork. Wow. Yeah, <clears throat> Butler, Butler, I don't know like, what, what was Butler doing tonight? Like he just, I don't know what the hell. Like that was he, such a he, weird Butler game. He rested the last yeah. game versus the Heat just to shit himself tonight. I mean, versus and, the Raptors just to well, shit himself. Nothing tonight. about. I, I don't understand. Just, any, can we talk about this real? Because none of this made any sense. We were talking about this in Discord today, but like, mm-hmm. so they played Lowry last night because mm-hmm. he can't play both nights of a back to back. Yes. But then he was questionable today because Gabe Vincent was maybe not going to play. So then they would have needed Lowry. So then he magically was going to be okay, cleared to play on the back, on the second night of back to back. And then they rested Butler against Toronto. And I'm like, like, I just don't understand that. Cause I'm like, you're not in a position to punt a game. This yeah. late in the season, and given they, are. They, they basically that's what that's what they did. Yeah, and, and like, I, I was they so basically stunned. just guaranteed like what the Knicks have to win one more game, right? And they're one hundred percent out of the. They won't be the plan at the very least. Like, yeah, what? The f- like, I have. I, I don't. I don't really understand anything about why he managed these two games the way. How they, they have to play in Toronto? It, it, but it, like, who cares? Like, I, <laughs> I just don't. The understand corpse it of Kyle Lowry. I just don't none of that none, none of their decision making over these two games has made any sense and they were also they were fucking brutal against Toronto too. They were terrible in that game. Pat Riley CTE acted up. Yeah, Pat Riley needs, you know, he's fuck him. Just fuck him and fuck Miami. He needs to fuck Jimmy Butler. <laughs> <clears throat> I got. I got to say, Shwin, uh and and this honestly tonight has nothing to do with it and we don't even really need to talk about it. I was very surprised to hear you say on the the last pod that you you would prefer to trade for Butler than Jalen Brown, I I did yeah. I did yeah. not agree yeah. with that. At all. Yeah, Jalen um, Brown 
Jalen Brown is just uh he's like a you know fucking he's, he's Kyrie with better PR is what he is. He's Kyrie with a yeah. I guess I'm just higher players. on what uh, on what the non-scoring aspects of his game would look like playing for Tibbs, which is a very weird I thing to say. I am not. I think Jalen Brown is one of the most overrated players in the league, dude. Like, he is a great scorer outside of that, but, like, so is Zach Levine. Like, he, he has does not. weird game. Like, honestly, Jalen Brown plays some of the weirdest games you'll ever see. Like, he'll have, like, 20 yeah. in the first quarter, and then you'll look at the box score at the end of the game, and he had, like, 29. And you're like, what the fuck just happened? Like, how did that happen? Um, his passing is to bad. Be, to be clear, before you, before you continue on Jalen Brown, Schwinn, I am very aware that Jimmy Butler is better right now. I'm not saying that Brown's better right now. I just, given the timeline of our team and other aspects, raising the ceiling and stuff like that, y'all were talking about winning a title. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I don't, think, I don't think Jimmy Butler on this team next season, like literally, even if you just swapped him for like RJ plus salary filler, salary filler plus you know draft picks or whatever, I don't think that team is like titling or contending. Uh... It, 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 it's. I it, it might not be, but I I think I think you're in the conversation. Like Jimmy, I, Jimmy nearly willed whatever the fuck that Miami Heat team was last year to the finals. Like I I just think he yeah. he's one of the few guys I truly believe like actually does save it for the playoffs. I don't want not even save it, but like he can hit a higher level in the playoffs. I mean, um, he admitted himself that he doesn't start taking games seriously until later. Yeah, in the I, I kind of think sometimes Jimmy says stuff to make Jimmy seem really cool. Well, I mean, it does appear that way, though. It, it does, but I think Jimmy just sometimes says stuff to like, like, look at how cool and awesome I am, guys. I'm Jimmy yeah. Butler. Like, I, I, but like, I do think that he can hit a higher level in the play. I mean, he's shown it. Like, there's no question about it. He can hit a higher level in the playoffs. Um, Jalen Brown is really good, but I just. I still think this team needs somebody, and I know Butler had a terrible game tonight. So, to, like, he's obviously capable of having bad games too, as like just like anybody, um, other than Emmanuel quickly, apparently. But like, but <laughs> Jimmy, like, I just think the Knicks still could use somebody who I trust at the end of games. And like, Jalen Brown is really talented. I do not trust that motherfucker at the end of a ball game. Like, he is just such a fucking interesting. Volatile. I don't trust him in life. Yeah, though that's that's its own thing. Uh, his article the ringer. I do trust Brunson, but I still think you need another guy. Like, which is why the Randall thing is so weird, right? Because it's like that's what we're all talking about. Like, is he? What's going to happen in the playoffs? Um, and, and to be clear, like the end of game stuff with him this year still hasn't been good. Like, he's been a lot better from minutes one to forty-two, right? But like those last five six minutes of a game, he still has really rough moments. Uh, and you still see that at like, the end of quarters, the end of halves, right? Like there's just issues with some of his decision-making. That's where I think a guy like Butler, like he would really elevate the team. And honestly, like you talk about RJ, I mean, if you could just trade like Randall for him and then you force Tibbs have to play like a smaller group and stuff like that, like that's kind of interesting to me. Cause I think Butler with the personnel we have would be very, very fucking I'm just, my only my only pushback would be I've never seen Butler without like a big who could operate outside of the paint. Like that's what that, we're just like, like Hardenstein, baby. Yeah, so like then you're just like, what are you doing with Mitch? Is my no, question. you you saw Butler operate with some real terrorist spacing in Chicago. I promise you. Yeah, but Chicago was ten years ago, dude. Yeah, but he was good, and he was a better shooter in Chicago. No, he just shot in Chicago. Now he just decided he's just not going to shoot ever. Just hilarious, kind of. 
But yeah, he's still I mean, he's, he's gonna be thirty four and he doesn't shoot threes. Like I, I don't know. I, I just, I would, I, I would I think, be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Quentin Grimes is just a really good defender. My whole thing is like, do you want Jimmy Butler for like, let's say, 55, 60 games a year, like essentially playing in the spacing? I don't know if he makes. I don't know if he makes it work. Is my question. Yeah, maybe not. I, I mean, it's just. I just think Butler's really good, and he's like. He's one of those. I don't know. I I just generally feel like he's a player that is a top ten guy, but people rarely put him in that conversation. Like I thought it was really weird last year when people were talking. Like everybody was talking about Tatum during that series, right? Oh, Tatum, this, Tatum, that. I'm like, Butler's better than him, and like Miami has no business being in this series, and yet Butler is like willing them into these games, and he nearly won them the fucking series. Um, yeah, but yeah, was, I, and I gotta say, Grimes, Grimes has now shown this. Like, he he is he matches up with Butler, fucking great. Like, I don't know what it is, but when they're not just letting Jimmy foul grift to his way to like seventeen free throws a game, um, Grimes is a problem for him, and Hart is a problem for him too. By the way, Hart was they both have both they both have really strong bases. Yeah, and they're, they're they get under him. They have like a. Uh, <laughs> pause uh they, <laughs> but they they have a lower center of gravity right so they kind of like he can't really back them down and i and i gotta say i thought i thought rj did a good job on him when he got switched on to him a few times today too so yeah it was look this was just such a fucking awesome game for them to win in part because it was so ugly like it, it didn't come easy their main guys didn't have good games and they found a fucking way to win um that's all you like that's like when we talked about this team has depth, this team has depth. The depth is what won them the game today. It was those other guys, right? It's, it wasn't Brunson, it wasn't Randall, it wasn't RJ at least doing the heavy lifting, right? It was it was Grimes, it was quickly, it was Hart, it was Hartenstein. <clears throat> those guys were fucking great today. Um, all of them really. Like they, I just can't say enough about how well they played, the spirit they played with. Um, you know, they came into the game when it, honestly that first like quarter when the starters were in was so fucking stupid and annoying um and they kind of turned it around so yeah those guys were awesome tonight Strange just wants to say the words that kevin um kevin Gardet said you know the words i'm talking about what words <laughs> these young guys <laughs> <You're all right. laughs> that's all she wants to say <laughs> Well, Clyde Frazier brings up a great point here. <clears throat> I've noticed this, like, as the season has developed. Um, IQ's been doing a better job with his dribbling. I know a, a huge thing in the beginning of the year, a lot of fans were so upset that he used to, like, just dribble. It looked like he was just dribbling around aimlessly um, times at, uh, at times <clears throat> in possessions. But, like, now he's actually, like, it looks, seems like he's dribbling more to, like, either get his own shot or he's, like, getting into the lane He's getting guys open. Like, he's just doing a way better job of just, like, having a better feel of the game, um, which Walcott Frazier is kind of alluding to here with his comment where he says he's IQ dribbles out of trouble. He doesn't pass teammates into trouble. Um, that's one of the most important qualities you can have in a guard. I think this is something that IQ, he needed to work on, um, you know, heading into the season. And we've seen, I mean, obviously, he's made so many strides in so many parts of his game. Um, Jordan Bub also brings up, his last two games, 64 points on 32 field, field goal attempts, 13 assists versus two turnovers, plus 32 in 60 minutes, two wins. Uh, what if we just start saying, man, this is a star? <laughs> like, right now. Start, 
yeah, have you not I, seen my name under here? Like at this point, he's a star. But he has star level impact. He just doesn't have the gaudy counting staff. But like it's after he gets the six man of the year award, though. There's that spotlight right there. Like, yeah, I mean, it's a playoff the, game. the thing is, you know, quickly really struggles guarding dribble handoffs, and um, that will get exposed in the playoffs. And uh, he doesn't hold his base well against uh, bigger guards and wings, which is apparently a huge crisis. Swin, Swin, have you considered his point, uh, his passes per point touch, please? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, look, I just think I think he's yeah he I. I thought this since last year that he has star potential. Um, I think Khan maybe needs to calm down a little bit, but I respect the energy. Does he? Yeah. I'm not sure about that, but he's definitely a star at this point. And like, that's why I think it's so funny is I posted that hypothetical today. It was like, yeah, hey, I don't know if, you, if you're the Knicks and people were laughing saying, well, well, drunk. well, there were a lot of, there were a lot of Rockets fans that were like, of course they wouldn't do this. This is ridiculous. And I'm like, have you watched your team fucking play basketball? Like you, like you need actual, a serious player like Emmanuel quickly on your you team. You have like a drunken fucking sailor playing point guard for you. Uh you have Jalen Green. Jalen Green, this guy was prancing around with the biggest smile on his face while his team was getting fucking dicked. They're down 30 fucking oh. points. Like what like that team is so unserious. You're trying to you want to know what would benefit you? Somebody who actually is good at basketball, somebody who can run point card, somebody who plays defense, somebody who can hit threes, somebody who can fucking hit floaters, somebody who can do all of the things that your fucking team sucks ass at, uh, regardless of how many top fucking five picks you have on it. Like, I just think, you, like, I get, you know, if you just think, no, like, fine, that's fine. Like, oh, this is so stupid. Why would the Rockets ever do this? You're right. The Rockets probably would never do this. Because By the they way, don't are like the Rockets serious ball players? Yeah, are, are the Rockets good? No, the Rockets are fucking terrible. And they have a fucking, they've been drafting for like, what are they, top? They have the worst record in the league. They're going to have the worst record in the league maybe three years in a row. Uh, like, I think uh, may, maybe, maybe if the Rockets wouldn't do something, we should be like, maybe that's a good thing to do. <laughs> I don't know. By the way, quickly is if you could draw or like create on NBA 2K a perfect point guard to put next to Jalen Green and help maximize Jalen Green, it's Emmanuel quickly. <laughs> It's like I mean, quickly, it's so, it, and this is like the thing ever. I'm saying about like about like other fan bases. I guarantee you, if you pulled every single NBA family, all like all like casual fans, everyone who is a better basketball player between Kevin Porter Jr. and Emmanuel Quickly, I would be willing to bet Kevin Porter Jr. gets over fifty percent of the vote, which is like actually embarrassing. Um, <laughs> and like I bet there are Nick fans who think that. I bet there are Nick fans who love Kevin Porter Jr. There, there are Nick fans who think a loss of the chair is better than a big Right, exactly. So, yeah, like, so. Kevin Porter Jr. isn't, isn't even a crazy stretch. All those people like, are all stupid. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, no, they are. And, like, look, this is this is what we're talking about. We're talking about star-level impact. The Rockets obviously wouldn't be, like, a playoff team. But if you put quickly on the Rockets right now, and let's just say they didn't even have to try anything. Let's just say you put quickly on the Rockets and Kevin Porter Jr. became the sixth man. It's a fucking tough team, man. Like, quickly immediately makes them so much better. Like, I don't, I, yeah, I don't even know. I don't even want to put a, uh, put a cap, cap the ceiling. But, like, Jamari Smith's been playing way better lately, and you know, quickly would elevate him because quickly elevates everybody. You know, he'd develop an amazing two man game with Sengun, 
Like, yeah, they still have lots of problems, but they also like sneakily have guys who can play basketball who well, aren't being allowed to play basketball coach, because too. there's no structure. There's nothing on that team. There's no, there, there isn't good coaching, but like Martin Jr., Tari Eason, these guys want to play winning basketball. I've seen it. I've seen them want to do it. And somebody like quickly would just be so huge for them. And the idea that there are people out there laughing at it or like, oh, like we already have Kevin Porter Jr. is just, Kevin Porter like, yeah. Jr. is literally one of the dumbest basketball players I've ever watched in my life. That dude is a fucking moron, and he sucks. Well, I mean, when, uh, Emmanuel, Kukos, when Emmanuel quickly wins game three of the playoffs for us after hoisting up the six-man-of-the-year trophy, that is his path to stardom right there. Is Ice Spice on Brian Dayball? Yes. <laughs> his diagonal recovery off double teams is not always great. My Modern hairless <laughs> basketball. <laughs> <clears throat> Paul Park says per Begley that the IQ Grimes RJ Hart Hartenstein lineup had never played before. If Tibbs has his druthers, they'll never play again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they'll never play again. This is a but Paul Park only... also says it's a nice, interesting small ball full of connectors and defense. I mean, <clears throat> Jeff, <throat> this is just this this seems like a lineup that we would have concocted last year if like Hart yeah, was on the sure. team last year. Cause we used to do this all the time after every post game. We'd be like, what would this lineup of like IQ, Deuce, RJ, um, whatever this other person was, and like Mitch? And we'd be like, like, what would that team look like? How or we would be like, or we would look at the lineup data and we'd be like, how many minutes? Has this team has this lineup played together? And you'd be like five minutes they've played together, and it'd be insanity. Yeah. And it their their ratings would be like off the charts too. But I'm so glad we got to see something like this in a meaningful basketball game because yeah, that's the yeah, most important yeah. thing. You know, and usually usually quickly only feasts against bench units. So. Dude, they can't make up their mind. First it's, first, it's, first, it's his impact is only good because he's playing bench units. Now he has an unfair advantage because he's starting. He's playing starters minutes. Which fucking is it? I don't understand. Like, well, bro, shouldn't it was funny. have a huge advantage because he's not starting games ever because his team doesn't actually view him as the sixth man? Shouldn't that be a huge advantage for him because he only plays bench units? No, the team is way better without him, obviously. Like, God, I don't even want Andre Brunson or Brogdon. He's had such a nice year. But these these people nah, make it screw so Brogdon. He's a Boston idiot. Celtic. That guy Brogs. who waits for Action Network, like, I, th- it's offensive He's to me because idiot. it's offensive to me because I was a professional gambler for 15 years. I've had so much more success than he has, and talk your shit. Look, so much more success than this guy has in all forms of gambling, and. I'm not, I'm a fucking microcosm of the poker world. If somebody came to me and was like, "Hey man, uh, we're starting a poker site and we're we want somebody to give advice on like you know tournament tournament um, strategy," I would say no because I have respect for people and I wouldn't accept their money. This guy is writing articles when he can't beat gambling, like he can't beat it, but it's he's like giving he- advice on it, and then he's quoting people and like, "Oh, quickly he's only averaging twelve and four when he like he's." Citing counting stats as impact, it's Dude, he, said quickly was, he said quickly was default. Like, what are you talking about? He was literally plus like, 10,000 a month ago. They did a podcast <laughs> on it and didn't mention quickly default, default. Like, fuck, man. Like, have just just take the L. It's not that hard. Why are so well, people- it's the funny thing about this, right? Is that a month ago when he was a plus 10,000, I was just like, he's not going to win because clearly, like, he has no there's no agenda, like, there's no momentum being pushed for him. 
Mm-hmm. And and like as soon as I said that, I don't know what the fuck happened, but it was already picking up even before that Boston game. Like you were the odds had already shifted huge, and then like we started talking just, about it here on the post game a bunch. Yeah, and and it, it's real. I mean, Not I think especially. I don't know what the fuck happened, but then you had like all of a sudden you got like fucking Zach Lowe and Chris Herring talking about, and they're like Zach Lowe basically is like guaranteeing he's gonna win it. Yesterday, I mean, it's it's pretty wild. He I mean, he is gonna win it now. There, there's it's obvious. Like the, the, the too much all the momentum is with him. The narrative is in his favor. He's a fun player. Um, you know, we talked about the, I, I had Jake Fisher on the pod yesterday, which is pretty good. If you check that out yet, definitely do. He got a lot of good tidbits by Schwinn. Uh, yeah, shameless plug, but like. He um, he like talked about how, and it's true. It's like there's like this fucking weird energy quick plays with, you know, where he's like shaking his head and he's like jumping up and down the court and he's doing all these weird celebrations that he like he's like come up with new ones all of a sudden. He was doing this thing for a while and then yeah, now he starts. He's got that going on. He he's like I remember he had a three against. It might have been the Jazz and they like they, somebody was like yelling at him when they was on the bench and he pointed at three of them. Um, like he's just. Again, like I would hate him if I was probably like a fan of another team. So I'm just like, who is this fucking like hap? This I don't know if you, I, I know Jeff has seen it. I don't know if all of you guys have seen the Sopranos, but it's like he's like the happy fucking wanderer. That's what quickly he's just out there joyfully prancing around, pray like you know, spreading oh. the word of Jesus while he's dropping 30 bombs on you. Like it's just. He's such a fun player to root for, and yeah, like, he's like he's literally doing this, and he's probably saying Corinthians four thirteen. Like, <laughs> <laughs> do you know yes. how pure and innocent that is? Like, God, he's just such uh, a, he just plays now with like such a, and, and especially these last two games, it hasn't been like the same kind of total joyfulness, but it's like it almost feels like I don't know what that will happen, but that maybe that moment we're gonna look at it, and that moment he had with Julius at halftime of the Orlando game was like the moment that he just was like, well, he was like, no, you know, fuck this. Like, no, I'm, I'm as good as you. Like, I, I you, like, I'm better me. than you. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't need to like defer to anybody on the basketball court. I can, I can call my own number because since that, I mean that, okay. or okay. See that, that Houston game, he just like, he was the best player on the floor and he was the best player on the floor the entire fucking way. And tonight I thought he, he, he was the best player on the floor. And it's like, when you get to that level and it's like, you know, it's different when you're feeling it. Like I know he shot well today, but today wasn't a game where you're like, Oh, he's just fucking cooking up. Like he was just a manipulated everything today. Like he was, he was like a, yeah, it was like a genius type of performance. Um, it was, it was incredible. And watching this, I mean, if this is the guy, look, I don't care what the fuck, you know, if he wants, he can, if he wants to start, he gets to start. If he wants to fucking come off the bench and get paid a max contract, that's fine with me. Because the guy that you're seeing and that we've seen, I, I think for basically most of the season, like dude is like an invaluable player to any team. He is invaluable. Um, I mean, what, the moment he came into the game today, he immediately shifted the tide of the game. Both I think, times. Yeah. And Both I think Z- Zach Lowe said something interesting about him. And I think this is actually, he's like, I think he called him something like this, a six starter who can just like, mm-hmm. he's shape shifts. I think that's what he said. Shape, shape shifts into lineups. And like, that's probably the best way to explain exactly what he is. He can be your starting point guard. He can come off the bench and play next to a point guard, come off the bench, be your backup point guard. And he can do all that and be a positive and defend multiple positions and cover up the, you know, Jeff talked about this. Like he's literally making rotations because he's anticipating that 
you know, Randall, I miss rotation that Brunson, I miss, miss rotation that RJ, like he's just playing at such a fucking incredible level. And he's done it now for like three years. And it's just, he gets better every year. I don't know. It's just a special kid and probably the best next draft pick in terms of value and all that type of shit. Since, yeah. Maybe ever. I, I have no idea, but like, I mean, between him and Grimes again, um, pick 25 trade back, baby. Or it's maybe we, need to, we might need to just trade into the same. draft because Dallas fucking stupid. That uh, that that steal he had in the third quarter that led to a reverse layup for him. The Heat had an advantage. He was darting two people and baited the guy into making the wrong pass and and tipped the. He pass. also had an advantage in the first quarter. He took them one on three and got an and one. That was yeah. That was that was so cool. Like, <laughs> fucking Max just... He's just yeah, amazing. He's amazing. Yep. That, yeah. that, Euro step, that Euro step finish he had in transition in the third quarter, or it might have been the fourth. I don't remember what it was. It was the play was, I was just talking about. That, yeah, that was – I could not. I thought you were talking about the one in the first half where he drew the foul on um, Struess or whatever. That's what I thought you were no, talking about. No, no, no. The, uh, the Heat were swinging the ball. Like, they swung the ball, and it was a really nice play by them. And quickly was responsible for two guys on the weak side. Yeah. And he baited the pass, and – like he has no business stealing that ball, especially a guy his size. And he's just so good. His instincts are so good, but he's so intelligent. He just, man, he's so good. It's crazy that being a Knicks fan for this long, it's just, I don't know what this is. I've never seen anything like this. Like it, I've it seen like better that. player. I've, I've seen better players, but a 25th overall pick just panning out this well. And then we did it the next year. We got Grimes. Yeah. Like yeah. we, we haven't even, we have not given Grimes his due. And like, He's he was so good. Like that's crazy that we nailed those two picks back to back years so hard. Yeah, I mean it's also funny because both picks elicited like, what are the Knicks doing? Why could they? How would they? Why are they reaching for this player? And it's like, I, first of all, I just never understand. I never understand that because I'm like, if you have at that point in the draft, if it's you have like... somebody, if you have somebody thirty five on your board, and somebody else has them like. 25 there's really not that big of a difference probably so um i, I yeah they were they were both great picks quickly is obviously getting to the level now where you're like is this guy a star um and then grimes like i mean again the, the oh, first of all the, the steal quickly had today that's what you're talking about remind me of the steal he had last year against miami too uh in the fourth quarter where he he split the uh the swing pass and took it all the way against Struess. um but like grimes the game, like these, these last three games, obviously he's hitting threes, which always makes him look better. But like, the defense is there, and you're seeing a little bit more, not just like attacking closeouts, but also like confidence in himself to take guys off the bounce. Um, and most of the time when he does that, he's still like leaning into playmaking for others. But it's really encouraging to see that and it's encouraging to see that at this point in the season because this is a time where he could easily be like oh, i'm just gonna play with my role you know i'm not i'm not gonna try to do anything too crazy and it feels like he's actually taking on more responsibility right now uh and obviously at the key stage of the season it's fucking awesome like he, he's been so impressive tonight was i think tonight might have been the best game of his career i, I don't even think i think it, it is it is the best game of his career uh you consider the opponent the stakes, the fact that he was the only guy that had anything going in the first quarter while the rest of the starters were pissing and pooping themselves. Um, he, he was fucking great tonight. He, he was awesome. And yeah, you're right. Like he, 
we talked about quickly a ton, but Grimes is just I mean, fucking this is tremendous. the quick one. Yeah, it's true. To be fair, yeah, it's our agenda um, to to root for players on our team, which is amazing. I can't believe Shock. you're pushing an agenda. Quick, the horror. Quickly, quickly, um, quickly, hype is so insane. I cannot believe that you're rooting for a player on the team. Um. All right, here it's we most go. Annoying. It's the most annoying thing because it's pure projection. Because it's all only what those people are doing. Yeah. They're taking what they're doing and projecting it onto other people. And it's like. I promise you we would be just as loud as any, <laughs> any other Nick was doing this. It's just so frustrating. RJ Sorry. said he changed into his good luck shoes at halftime. Never let this dude walk into a footlocker again. <laughs> what are his good luck shoes? What was he wearing in the second half? Th- those are the shoes that he uh, – those are his post-breakup shoes. Interesting. <laughs> Nafi Malhuda says, on a scale from 1 to 10 – how concerned are we with teams targeting Brunson down the stretch? <laughs> Six-minute halves for Deuce in a playoff matchup would be ideal, in my opinion. I, um, I'll i say this. I hope that Brunson is still just coming back from injury and just sort of not like not all the way there because he wasn't this big a liability in the middle of the season, but teams also weren't hunting them st- hunting him to this degree so i can't say for sure that if they hunted him to this degree in the middle of the season he wouldn't have been a liability looked like a liability like he does right now um with that being said it's a concern i'm i'm very concerned and i mean luckily we have we have a bunch of good defenders so like and like if quickly keeps playing like this i'm not you don't bench jalen brunson obviously but we should be able to like mitigate the Look, I mean, this was. I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal from. Uh, I saw it, somebody on Twitter said I forget who it was, and I apologize to that person. But this, this character, I never thought Tibbs would bench Brunson ever, ever. I never thought he wouldn't close a close game, especially the Heat. We're playing the Heat, and Julius is out, and he stuck with the kids and and put the keys in Quickly's hands. You're talking about character development. That is. I would I would have called you insane. I would have said no chance. No chance he would ever do that. Yeah, so, rose up down from the rafters and did this and talented him. It was like okay. <laughs> <laughs> um it's, so yeah, I mean, look, I, you're obviously not you just you just hope Brunson puts up a better effort as he gets more and more, as he gets closer to 100 percent Because we don't know what he's at right now. So you don't want to say anything definitively, but it is a concern. Oh. The nice thing is if we avoid the plan that gives him what like an extra. I mean, we're, we we be if we don't avoid the plan at this point, I that will be like a real like. I mean, I haven't experienced quite a collapse like this in a long time. Um, you haven't been a Mets fan. Yeah, I was gonna make a Mets joke actually. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, yeah, like it, it's if so. Assuming the worst doesn't happen here, we'll avoid the plan. That should buy him what an extra like three or four days of rest. Also, a week, a week, week. Yeah, so like. That would be huge. Um, I mean, the ideal scenario is if we can get that five seed wrapped up before the last two games, then you just fucking, I don't care, man. Throw, you sign a bunch of 10-day guys. I don't give a fuck. Just play some bums. Take quad Jeffries minutes. Yeah, just, I don't care. Play. Trevor play, Keels, 30 ball, yeah. anyone? Tre- just, Chris Colbert, 30 ball. Deuce, Trevor Keels, fucking. Um, Daquan Jeffries. Yeah, Daquan Jeffries. Call up Dwayne Washington. He's in Sims. Westchester. And one other fucking guy, they can all just play 48 minutes for the last two games apiece. I don't care. I think I, I would say I'm concerned about it. Um, 
my feeling about this team is this. Like, the reason I don't think this team really is a contender right now is I still don't think they have a superstar. Like, I don't think they have that top 10 type of guy that you need to really compete at the top of the league. Dude, what we they just do, talked about Emmanuel quickly for, like, I, I, 50 I minutes. I, I, like, come I on. I know. Best player in a championship team, dude. Okay. Come on. All right. Yeah, yeah. All, all that being, you know, all that said. Uh, I still think, like, but what they do have is they have a lot of flexible pieces, and we saw that flexibility today down the stretch. And it's not just flexible pieces. It's pieces – it's guys that just have a really high level of impact because they have high floors and that pair well together and that make a lot of good decisions and make extra rotations and try hard and all that type of shit. And, like, I don't think even Brunson or Randall – nobody on this team is so good that they – should close no matter what the opponent, no matter the situation, no matter how well or bad they're playing. Like there's n- nobody that should be really in that, in that mold. I mean, if there is one, I would probably argue it is quickly more so than anybody because of his versatility. And, and then maybe heart and Grimes, heart or Grimes like those, cause those three guys, they're just so easy to play in almost any lineup construction, any roster construction. Um, but like, like, but there are going to be games where you need somebody to just get you a bucket. And Brunson, I don't care if he struggled tonight. He is the best guy on the team in one of those, in those moments where you're just like, just get me a bucket. Get me a shot right now. I need, like, we need you to stop the bleeding. He's still the best guy on the team in terms of stopping the bleeding um, and, and giving you a stabilizing kind of offensive force. So um, I, I just think... I am nervous to, to answer the question about Brunson. Like I am a little bit nervous about it. I'm not as nervous about it as Jeff, because I, I do feel like he's playing a little bit within himself right now uh, on d- defensively anyway, but he does need to pick it up. I mean, and I didn't like, he had two plays today where he thought he got fouled and he stayed back arguing with the refs instead of getting back. And it's like, I get That's it. becoming such a bad habit with this yeah. team too. Yeah. I, well, just, I get it. But, just but it's like, come on. Yeah, like, give me a, like, especially in this game tonight, it's one thing if you're doing it against, like, the fucking Rockets, right? Like, this game tonight was just, come on. Like, we don't need to... Lock in. Lock in. We we don't need to piss away possessions because you want to tell Tony Brothers that fucking Duncan Robinson grazed your left arm. Like, just shut up and get back, dude. Like, nobody cares. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned by it, but, I mean, here's the other thing with Brunson, and this is on Tibbs, too. Like, this is, this is up to him. We do have the ability to cover for him defensively in certain lineups, de- depending on how we want to structure them. I'll tell you what, it, if there are games where Randall just doesn't have it defensively, like he was did not have it at points tonight, you need to be able to sit him. You need to be able to sit Brunson at the end of the game like he did sit Brunson at the end of this game. When the team has it rolling without those guys. Like, this shouldn't just be about Brunson, right? Like, because we've seen the team have it rolling and then he brings Randall back in because he always brings Randall back in. Um, it, it's, it should always can be like that. Can I, can I, can I ask you guys? So last game, I know it was the Rockets. So like take it with a grain of salt. I thought Obi was really, really bad in the Rockets game and O and Tibbs played him from the 12 minute mark to the four minute mark of the second quarter. And like that game was closer than I had imagined Tibbs wanted it to be. And I kept waiting for him to be like, okay, we got to get Randall back in. Like, Obi, you're, you're terrible. 
Obi played really well in the second quarter and Julius hadn't gotten hurt and Julius was awful. Like, were you guys at all surprised that he went back to Randall as early as he did? I'm, I thought it was this weird. is not like, oh, Tubes got him hurt. Not what I'm saying. I'm just, well, I'm genuinely curious. Like, well, to the. It was just after Obi had hit that three, too, I think, right? No, no, no it, it, yeah, he hit the three and then he made, he, he tossed the he alley. Made the lob. To yeah, he, he made the lob. Through the pass to Highmark that nobody ever throws to him. Nobody has ever hit him when he's open under the basket, but Obi makes the pass immediately. And Tibbs is like, gotta get him out of here. And I, I was just so surprised. Was I was like, man, Obi's playing so well. Like, I, I was surprised he didn't leave him there. Yeah, I mean, this was a really good Obi game today, I thought, in his limited minutes. I mean, he did have some. He's got to like, he's he has this really weird habit he's been doing this year where he like, he gets caught behind. Like he sinks in away off his man so much of three line, which is fine. I understand that's a scheme, but he like somehow always manages to position himself behind. Like he did it today. He, he just stood behind Bam so that when he had to go out to Kevin Love, it took him like an extra two seconds. It just, it's so weird. He keeps doing that. But like, I thought he played well tonight. Offensively, again, we talked about the passing, his, his quick decision-making passing. This is the first time in a while I feel like he's – Show, he's flashed that to the, to the level that like you want to see. And I love that his first play of the game today, he got a pass in the corner. He could have shot the three pump faked, put the ball on the floor. And then he hit quickly in the corner for an open three quickly. Didn't make it, but it was like, I was like, that is, that's what I want to see. I don't want to see you just like, well, I'm in the corner. I just got to shoot these threes. I understand your role sucks right now, but you can still do more in that role than you've been doing. And I do feel like maybe he got injured, right? What, what was his injury again? It was his knee or something? His tibia. Yeah, I, I do wonder if, like, one, if there's some like there's some physical stuff that he's still feeling from it, and or two, if there's some mental like hurdle he had to get over because it was just it's been so noticeable how unwilling he's been to go inside this year to like attack a closeout and attack the rim and just try to make shit happen off the dribble. We've seen a little bit more of it the last couple of games. So I, and it's not always been good, mind you, but we have seen him do it more the last few games. So I do wonder if like, he's now starting to feel better or he's mentally, you know, whatever, maybe he's now comfortable, um, more comfortable on the court or whatever it is. But like, again, like, like, like with anybody on this team, if the guy's in the rotation, I mean, he's not been good for like the last while, like I would say month, two months, whatever it is. If he just, even if he's only going to play, right, 13, 14, 15 minutes in a game, if he's good for those minutes, it is a big boost for us. Like, and it does add something to that second unit. So like, it's important that he gets going. It's important that all, like, it's important that RJ gets going before the playoffs come around. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just Brunson and Randall. There's still other guys that were like, we need oh, to get this guy going. Tom. I mean, Grimes was like that for a while too. We were like, there was like games where I'm like, is Grimes gonna like make a three ever again? Is that gonna happen? Is he gonna shoot? Yeah, is he gonna <laughs> shoot? Like, so it's been really good to see him pick it up and like hopefully, yeah, hopefully, you know, Brunson picks it up again before the season ends and Randall comes back from his injury and he's gets over whatever little malaise he's going through right now. Um, and I yeah, OB too and RJ too. Like, there's just and honestly, Mitch, I, I'm like, I don't know what's been going on. Mitch has been really weird the last three or four games where it's like, it feels like even in that Rockets game, right? Like you just didn't have anything in the first half. And then the third quarter comes around. And he's just like, well, I'm going to block everything now. I'm blocking everything. And no, and it's just like, can you do this from the start? I mean, I thought he had a weird game again tonight. So um, yeah, look, OB was good to see that shit. And the Brunson thing. We'll see. I, I'm, 
concerned, but I would probably say like what I'm a five. I'm like, you know, right in the middle. I'm like, I, it's concerning, but I'm not losing my mind about it right now. Yeah, I would say I'm a five or six. Um, I mean, it's always concerning when you have a defensive liability and when teams make it a concerted effort to expose that defensive liability. It's something that, you know, I wish we did in our first playoff matchup versus the Hawks. Um, Of course, we didn't have the personnel to, you know, expose Trey Young to the ability that I would love to have done. But, you know, it's it's what teams are doing now to us with Brunson. And, you know, it is always going to be concerning when you have that liability. But like Schwinn said, we do have the personnel to cover up for him. It's a matter of Thibs, you know, actually utilizing that personnel the right way to do so. So I'm I'm around like a five or a six as well. So, yeah, I'm at a five, too. <laughs> I, really I just want to right oh, no, I just, I just, I just say, because we were talking about Obi. Um, I've always thought that the hate he got on defense was a little bit overblown. Like he's never going to be a good de- defender, but he does certain things well. I don't know if anybody appreciates when I do this random stuff, but whatever. There was a possession in the second quarter where the Knicks missed a shot, and because of whatever, somebody went for an offensive rebound or whatever was happening. Bam had IQ on an island on the block, yeah. and. Obi ran over and tapped quickly on the shoulder and quickly knew immediately what was happening. And Obi took Bam from from quickly, quickly recovered onto the guy, the the guard that Obi was um, crossed onto. And they fed Bam because they said like literally the pass was in the air as the switch was happening. Obi got the stop and then turned around and boxed Bam out and grabbed the rebound. And it's it was just such an impressive defensive possession. Just such such a it really sums him up. He's such an intelligent player, and he's just always so aware on both ends of the court all the time. That even with like physical limitations, and you know sometimes like he just he's not the most he's not Julius Randle like for for example, but he'll his floor is actually relatively high just because of what's happening in between his ears. It makes me excited for to watch him honestly not on the Knicks like as sad as that is to say he'll just never be able to marry his peak physical abilities with what's happening in between his head on this team um but whatever that conversation's for another day I just want to point out that possession yeah he, he really- actually he he does that all the time he's like one of the best on the team at it that's actually something he does well and it's it stands out because Randall doesn't always do that well like Randall has obviously other things he can do defensively that Obi could never do right like when Randall's engaged again I I truly mean it's like when randall gives a shit on defense he's a fucking nightmare like he completely changes your baseline as a defense when he gives a fuck because his his switching his switchability and his ability to stick with guys on island is special but um yeah that 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 thing that ob does is it, it's always noticeable he did it in the last game too against houston at one point um so yeah <clears throat> i'm with zach here um iq is definitely about to make me some some a couple hundred dollars so shout out to you quickly winning six man of the year I'm calling it now well that's real brave whoa, of you sam whoa, yeah, real, real, real there, sam. <laughs> <laughs> how brave <laughs> that, that, i don't know see. if you can say that out loud man that, that's <laughs> i don't know take some real balls to make that call huh <laughs> All right, so we got the Cavs on Friday. As I'm looking for next que- next question to address, get the Cavs coming in. Oh, well, we're going to the Cavs on Friday, actually. Um, we already had our MSG games. 
Um, how are we feeling about that game? That game might be the worst game to watch. Cause I don't know. I don't know. Like, I think the Knicks will play like Brunson and stuff. But like, if I'm the Cavs, I'm just probably resting. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to give up anything. You don't. You don't think the Cavs have? Uh, I guess Philly won tonight. I was gonna ask if you thought they had incentive to go for the three, but they don't. Nah. Three, so I'm just three like, yeah, so I'm kind of like, if I'm the Cavs, I don't want to get beat up. So, might as well just like maybe you play a little bit, but like, are I the Cavs kinda... basically locked in as a four seed at this point? Essentially, they so they're two and a half back of Philly. Philly, I mean, yeah. Philly won tonight. Actually, that's big because I don't think did MB play tonight. Yes. Oh, he ended yeah, up playing, and, and Harden, Harden did too. Yeah. So I mean, what Sixers have? This is the, the Sixers have. Toronto, who's been playing a lot better since they got Pirtle. They got the Bucks on Sunday. They have the Celtics. They have Miami. They have the Hawks. They got the Nets. That's actually a pretty brutal schedule down the stretch here. I think they might have the hardest remaining schedule in the league. The Cavs have, I think they have the easiest. Um, they have us. Then they have the Pacers, who are definitely not trying to win basketball games anymore. They have Orlando. They let on, draw. They score 50. They're definitely not trying to win. Yeah. They have Orlando. They have the match. They have two games again. They have a back-to-back against Orlando, home and home, and they play the Hornets. I mean, it's still possible they could get the five seed. So I, I don't think they're going to mail it in. I, I would suspect they they try to win this game. I think the Knicks should at least rest Brunson. I I don't see like look. I we're going to be underdogs, and maybe I'm too just like robotic with this stuff. But Brunson and Randall <laughs> being healthy, as healthy as they can be for the playoffs, has to be the most important thing at this time. Um, and like, even if we had a healthy Brunson, healthy Randall and went for it, like, what are we four point underdogs, four and a half point dogs or something? Like we're really chasing 46% win equity or whatever it would be 45%. Um, I'd rather just not give up additional information to this team. We've handled, try some more unique lineup combos, Josh Hart and RJ at the wings, let the kids, you know, be comfortable in these moments in these environments and just let Brunson rest, man. Like I just like, let's give him a couple more days off. Because... Randall's probably not going to play that game. Right. That's so fine. it's like, so, yeah. So just run a nine man rotation with, and am I being stupid? I think you can run a nine man rotation just with Deuce for Brunson. Right. Or am, is that, is that wrong? Well, you got to put someone in for Randall. Oh, yeah. Evan. Evan. Evan, Evan, probably plays. Oh, yeah. okay. I, I legitimately, somebody posted this in the comments here, but like, I actually did forget that Evan and Derek Rose are on the team. Holy shit, you're right. They haven't been the best cheerleaders, I'll say that. Well, Derek is not there, he's ill. No, I, I, he's, I, I, he's I, I, on the bench with a mask tonight. Oh, was he? I got something yeah. for you guys. There's, he's in street there's clothes. This guy, there's this guy in a space that I frequent, and like, often he comes in, and he always says the same thing. He always says that he thinks Tibbs is saving Derrick Rose for the playoffs. <laughs> and, like, uh, I hate Sean from the Knicks wall as the guy who hosts it. And he's like, I love you, man. He always is so nice. He's always just like, I love you, man. I appreciate you coming in. But that's not happening. We need to stop talking about it. The guy and needs to like- get off drugs. <laughs> um, Zach Composto says he saw someone on Twitter saying that Brunson was actually encouraging Tibbs to keep that lineup in tonight. He walked off. Like he probably did walk off to the score table and just like So that that's that's the magic right there. Brunson so, but, I mean, is that's, the one that controls Thibs. That's the 
I mean, that's like part of the reason. I, I forgot who said this. It might have been Tim McMahon. He talked about on a podcast that he, I think he said something like, the biggest concern about losing Brunson wasn't just like, obviously what he does on the floor, but that he was like a big part of the locker room the last few years in, in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And I just think stuff like that, like, like he actually, like, he, he's been quickly his biggest cheerleader, right? Like, he, it'd be easy for him to, like, not, I mean, it says a lot about both of them, how long, how well they've gotten along, but it'd be so easy for them to, like, have some, like, adversary rivalry. Relationship. Yeah, and it's not like that at all. And, like, when you, if that's true, if that's what he did tonight, that says, that speaks volumes about the type of leader he is, where it's like, I mean, he's got to like, cheer for the guy who's better than him. <laughs> but it's it's like he's he's basically like he's willing. He basically was just like, I think those I think they're good, bro. Like they're good. I think they're. I don't think they need me tonight. Like they look pretty good out there. Um, and yeah, I mean, look, he's like it's been awesome. So, uh, he's been great. The fact that he's doing shit like that again, if that's true, that that's highly encouraging to me for a lot of reasons because you know that like. Brunson wants to be out there. You know what I mean? So for him to have that kind of like selflessness in that moment says so much about him. Jake Andrews, the chips are good, by the way. And they are kettle cooked potato chips, sea salt, and cracked pepper. Not not kettle cooked jalapeno. It's fucking soft. Hot ass breath, bro. Yeah. All right. Soft. Sam out here just just saying he's fucking been softened by the liberal media. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> All right, conservative shit. <laughs> um, Larry Elzio asks, how did the Dallas Mavericks hide um, Jalen Brunson all the way to the Western Conference Finals? They had Maxi Kleba and fucking... Dorian Finney-Smith. That was just such a... Because Phoenix fell apart. Reggie Bullock, Frank And Milikina. Utah sucks ass. The end. Shout out Reggie Bullock and Frank. But also, like, I just don't think I think Brunson he'll he'll be fine. I think he'll step it up in the playoffs. He'll be much better than he was good enough offensively that you know all he has to do is be good enough offensively and be like not disastrous on defense, and you're fine. I'm also not sure they really did hide him. I'm looking at the on-off data and it's not very flattering for Man, Frank's Frank's on. His defense was so good in the playoffs. I'm looking at the playoffs now. Um, He's still like one of their yeah, biggest I mean, plus minus heroes. Frank this year. Yeah, so I mean Br- Brunson with with Brunson on the court. Um, in the playoffs, they allowed 114 points per hundred. With him off the court, they allowed a team best 104 points per hundred possessions, and that was three points better than. Three points worse than any other Maverick, so they didn't really hide him as the answer. They were much worse. When Why are you just Tyrese in here twice? That was weird. <laughs> I had to remove the other one because yeah. I was like, "What the hell?" Uh, I think I'm just gonna blame Luca. That's a good idea. Yeah. That is the best thing to do, as we can see what how things are going so swimmingly right now. Kyrie he just needs more. He just fun. needs more help, man. Yeah, Kyrie calling it a clusterfuck lets you know how bad it is. Like, I mean, he's did the, lucky, the Mavericks man. lose today? Yeah, yeah, they did. He's gonna milk that clusterfuck all the way to a max contract with Dallas. Oh, it's so. <laughs> You're gonna Kyrie Irving's actually gonna get two hundred million dollars from a, from a basketball team. That's actually hilarious, dude. Yeah, 
It's it's good stuff. And that scene has nothing else to build alongside of him. It's so funny. Oh man, I love it's, it's, it's how it's, it's, it's how you, it's how you know Adam Silver is going to step in, as Sam has said frequently. It's so like, obvious. It's so obvious. He can't. He can't he, Luca's too valuable to the league. He's got to do something. Like uh, they're going to get. I, I I can see them thinking really hard. Like not just like top three. Like I can see them just getting Wembenyana. Honestly, like and like, oh, Dallas? now they've got the two two non-Americans, and oh, it's a perfect. It's honestly too perfect. Like I don't know, maybe I'm paranoid, but it just seems. Nah, to, it seems you might have got an too- early copy of Adam Silver's script sent to you just now because, <laughs> like, that just sounds somebody, exactly like he would, what he would do. Somebody needs to clip this for when it happens. You know? Oh yeah, prophetic, definitely. Prophetic Sam and prophetic Jeff. Oh my gosh, David Goodman with like probably we're gonna end off with this comment. Imagine if the Knicks blowing that game in Dallas is what gets us their pick. Dude. That'd be pretty funny. Wow. Oh, <clears throat> I mean, it's the thing. The funniest possible kiss. outcome is them having the tenth worst odds and somebody jumping up. <laughs> that's that is like that's the that's the real dream scenario for me. That that's the sucker punch. Yeah, At that, that point, you're just like. You have the full the franchise. You you can't come back from that. At that point, uh, they just need to trade us Luca for Fournier and Rose's expiring contracts. Yeah, and then we trade Luca and get like all the picks. That would actually be hilarious. Just imagine you they get Luca and they're just like, "Now nah, we don't even want him. We just want to get him for you." Trade Luca for for Tatum. We'll fix Tatum. Oh my gosh. Uh. All right. That'd be great. I think we can end here. Is there any last thoughts by anyone else before we head out? Stop letting ball guys write on Twitter. Because apparently there are no good ones left. <laughs> no good ones Honestly, left. Honestly, like, I, I do have like a nicer version of that. Like, there's, <laughs> there's, just, there's just people on that app. They're, they're, they're parasites and their sole goal is engagement. There's only one answer. It's avoidance. Stop trying to. And dunk they have on no people. soul. Just like and, and they're never gonna like change their minds. They're dug in, or they're just full on trolling. And this is the point. But like every single time you quote tweet something moronic that they say and try to dunk on them, all you're doing is giving them the engagement they want. That's it. There's no point to it, and it makes me mad because it shows up on my fucking timeline and i lose i die a little bit on the inside every time i see it it's like if you just ignored it's like louis ck has this joke where he's like if we just ignored peanut allergies for like a generation that we'd just be gone you know if we just ignored these idiots for like a week they would all disappear because they don't add anything of value to anything they they just don't so the it, only it, thing it adds value to my timeline because I get to jump on them, and that's what really makes me happy. It brings me joy. I don't but have anything else. I just I don't I try not to. I had to respond to one last week. Um, I forgot even what the fuck it was. I just had to, but I I try not to. But it is fun to see everybody else dunking on them. At least Stacy. I have fun dunking was like, on them. Was like defending your honor, Schwen. Like he was being a friend, you know. Like I, and I respect that, you know. Like and me and him were talking about. It. He was like, he was like, it pissed me off that. Schwinn's point of view was being so misrepresented like that that these idiots came on here were basically accusing Schwinn of having a narrative against RJ like he might not be right but he's saying what he believes and it hurts 
Schwinn and Hertz Strickland if people associate him with these other people who are just seeking to push narratives and that's it. And like, so I respected Stacy and like, cause I yeah. DM'd him and I was like, dude, please keep, please keep me out of this. I don't want to be associated with these people. Well, and he was like, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I just had to defend Schwinn. The the funny thing is like, people were like, oh, like <laughs> they, they, they went by in a paywall. They, they need to generate shit to get people to click. And I'm like, I don't, Think that like we've been behind, behind a where have paywall. people been? This has been us this whole time. We've also had a paywall for like a two year and a half, two years now. Uh, and and more frick, fuck that. The the mo- the hilarious part is I'm like, do you really think like, I, like we have a big fucking staff meeting, and Alex is like, all right, guys, we need. What's to the start- way we're gonna get clicks yeah. now? We need to start shitting on R.J. Barrett. <laughs> that's what. That's the next. Like what? What? No. Like. We shit on Randall last year because he played like an asshole. And this year, he's getting plenty of praise, right, from from the people like myself. No, Shwin, we had a staff him. meeting about that, too. We That's said we right. were going to change our, our, our angle. Right. And it's like, it's like look, <laughs> RJ. Didn't have a staff meeting. I defended sure. RJ. I defended. I said RJ. I was happy with him, tonight, <laughs> even though he played like shit in the first half or offensively played like shit in the first half. So it's not like, it's not that hard. It's just like, hey, dude, if you play like a fucking asshole, I might eventually get annoyed by it and i might lose my mind and say something like that's it it's not it's not it's not that deep and like why would i be rooting against rj barrett like he's literally on the fucking knicks <laughs> like oh, yeah i'm gonna like, oh, Wait, yeah, i had dude. no idea i thought he was on brooklyn they it's just like I, yeah that. i'm rooting i'm rooting against uh I, i'm rooting against fucking our, our starting you know three who was the highest draft pick since Patrick Ewing, who we signed to a fucking hundred and seven million dollar extension. Yeah, I'm actively rooting for him to be bad to push my quickly narrative, which I'm like, and that's what, that's what I was saying earlier, where I was saying it's pure projection. Yeah. Those guys actively root against quickly. They're accusing you of doing what they do, dude. The, the in the Discord, somebody screenshotted an image of I'm not gonna say his name. Pushing Brogdon propaganda. A Knicks oh, yeah. guy was like, "How does Brogdon not win six? It's like, what are you, what are you talking about? Are you that desperate to finally get one right? It's just, it's so sad. Well, let, let just... me tell you something. What's, what's going to be funny is when he's not right again, uh, and quickly win six man of the year. And Brogdon, you know, you can tell me whatever you. Oh, you stat boys don't get it. Listen, motherfucker. If a guy is on a, he, he's coming off the bench for the Celtics, and the team is worse with him on the floor, probably means he's not that i'm not saying that means he's bad probably just means he's not that important to their success that's the exact opposite of emmanuel quickly like quickly is invaluable to the next team i was looking this up today they have a six and five record this year without brunson playing do you know why that is that's because emmanuel quickly can be a starting point guard so even have though they're depth Schwinn, Schwinn, have you seen have you seen Schwinn, people trying to count the king's loss as a loss without Brunson because he missed the second half when we fucking were down 19 and the half yeah, Brunson played and, and then we came back when he didn't play like oh man it's just so and, 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 and so quickly clear. quickly was terrible that game I, yeah and it's just funny because it's like like people like you never criticize quickly I'm like well look I actually did say that he played terribly in that game I said he didn't play well against the Hornets but here's the problem like he doesn't play bad yeah that quickly often. plays well <laughs> fucking consistently so I don't I don't really know what you want me to do. Like, you know, you just what you're shitting on RJ's defense. Yes, because RJ's had long stretches this year where his defense fucking sucks. That's it. Like, I'm sorry. There's not a long stretch 
of quickly sucking ass on defense. Like, if that's what you want to happen, you know, that's weird. Um, but like, it, yeah. it hasn't happened. Th- that's and, weird. One and too bad. It's never going to happen. So yeah. And, and again, dreaming. like RJ played well defensively today. Guess what happened? I said it. I gave him credit for it. It's an amazing thing that happens. If you play but well, Schwinn, you didn't say it was a master class. <laughs> yeah, it, it was not. I mean, he hasn't had a master class in what since that probably that one of the heat, the heat game. Yeah, he had a really good heat game. Then he had a really good um, that Toronto game, which he fucking should have won that game. That was bullshit that we didn't get that foul call at the end um, because what Scotty Barnes didn't materially uh, affect his ability. RJ is basically too play. strong. Yeah, um, but like I I. I would love for RJ Barrett. Like, again, we, I've talked about this on so many pods. It's like, it's frustrating because if he got his shit together, then, and and let's say Randall plays at the level he's played at and Brunson gets back. Like, now, like, now I re- now I think this team could make, like, some real he's noise. The finals. Yeah, but, like, but we need RJ Barrett to, to really, to get it together. And, you know, um, today was good. And this, like, it's been better since All-Star <laughs> because even while he struggled to, offensively at times his defense has been a lot better there's still some times where i'm like why are you sucking ass on defense but it's been way better since it was before all-star break um and tonight was like honestly i think it was one of his better defensive games of the year so yeah i mean it's not that hard and can i I just say because you brought it up before we end the show like regarding the paywall stuff i personally take pride in the fact that and, and i'm and i'm gonna get i'm gonna gas went up here a little bit dude does a fucking dude does like three podcasts a week and one like one of them is just free like like strickland gives a ton like strickland just gives a ton of articles and podcasts and shit away because i don't think any of us are doing that like yeah it's cool to you know there is obviously some financial incentive but I think we're doing it because we all love this team. And like, that's why I love being a part. That's why I love coming on here and talking with Sam and Tyrese and twin every night. And like the discord's awesome. You can tell how passionate everyone is about the team. And so like, I don't know, like just being like, Oh yeah, they're, they're, they're trying to like grind out every penny. You just could not have a wrong idea about our group of people. And I want to make that very clear that like, I mean, I'm not making these 40 clip threads for the fucking, you know, for the no offense for the money that whatever money I may make sometimes, you know, through the site, I'm doing it because I love the team and I love being a part of this group of people. So I don't know. I just that's just such a false interpretation of what Strickland is and what we do. Well, gladly no one listens to that loser. So you don't have to worry about his opinion. I I just think the masses. Yeah, I mean, honestly, just the last thing is like, I would venture to guess, even with like, what, like half the pod Strickland I do on Friday is behind a paywall. And when I do a Strickland, I mean, we made Strickland roll free this week with Jake Fisher just because it was short. And I was like, fuck it. Like, I'm not going to have him throw this, like, split this into two fucking 15 minute pieces and throw half it behind a paywall. It's just stupid. Um, but like, between the rundown, pod Strickland on Monday, you got draft Strickland that Prez does, you get the mailbag that, uh, you know, with Alex, Matt, and Zach, like I, I would venture to guess we put out more free content out there than most sites have at all. That like even unpaid ones, and then on top of that, like yeah, if you pay more, you get a little bit extra. But like the unpaid comment or the un the, the stuff that you just get is there's plenty of it. I, I 
I don't know. Actually, it's amazing to me that there are people that listen to all of it. I'm like, I don't know how the fuck you guys pull that off. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, either way, the point is, I promise you, if we are financially incentivized to do anything, it, it is, it, it's not going to be like the thing is not going to be we start shitting on RJ Barrett <laughs> and somehow that like helps us make money or something. I promise you, <laughs> I promise you, Dude, RJ, Barrett, RJ Barrett being very good would probably help us in the endeavor of trying to make money more than him sucking ass would be. <laughs> My name is literally Frank Barrett on Twitter. <laughs> it's just, it's so insane. All right. I think on that note, we can end the show. Shout out to everyone that tuned in. At one point, we had like, what, 55 live viewers. Make sure y'all leave in a like, subscribe. We appreciate all the support. We are on our way to 1K subs. We just surpassed 700 subs. So shout out to all of y'all that's been tuning in, either when you're watching live or you catch it afterwards. We appreciate all of y'all. Uh, make sure you guys sub, um, check out all the links in the description. We got links to the site merch i am wearing the strickland university hoodie underneath this emmanuel quickly jersey tyrese is rocking a pink one Schwinn is rocking the strix 90s vibes hoodie so make sure y'all check out all that stuff in the description we got links to the patreon you know there's the paywall right there we were just talking about um you know check out the stuff that we got you know that gives you access to the discord you know access to strict and roll schwinn show as well as countless other things um and we got links to the twitter follow us on twitter we're also on instagram at the strict.land all great ways to support and follow along with what we're doing make sure you guys check us out on friday we will be back after the Cavs game hopefully the knicks secure another win um and yeah peace out our house is a mess come on in i'm amber wallen internet comedian plant queen and host of your new favorite podcast fly on the wall okay that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast by the way like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you mean cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcast. Yes.